Hello and welcome to the latest Coleman Had a Dream podcast. I'm here with Ruth. Evening. Um, we have a slightly different location this evening. We are recorded in Ruth's house. So if you hear the footsteps of dogs, my wife watching terrible TV or crutches as Alan Mosher on house, we can only apologise. We thought we'd start today by talking about the Welsh clubs who look like, in the main, having a great end to their season. Cardiff City's promotion push is looking very good. Uh, they are four points clear of Aston Villa in third, which... I think is incredible. What Warnock has done there is fantastic. Yeah, I think um, the difference that Warnock's made is amazing, isn't it? He's like he's sort of got into the psyche of that team somehow. Yeah. Clearly, they had a good transfer window as well. I yeah. feel um, they, you know, reinforced where they needed to, and are making good use of a of a squad now yeah. in what is an incredibly heavy league. Um, in terms of the playing time that you need to manage Absolutely. in that. And I think he's doing that very well as well. Um, so all in all, they're looking good at the minute. I think so. I think Adama Traore, who's the left-back who they signed, I think is a brilliant signer. Um, and it will, offers them real threat going forward on the left-hand side. And, of course, they signed Gary Medine up front, who I was a little bit surprised they spent the money they did on him, but still uh, looks like a good signing. Speaking of people doing well, Swansea City... <laughs> Are absolutely flying. Yeah, amazing. I mean, you think the difference in the month, it's just astounding. And, uh, I mean, it's just another example, I think, you know, in a similar way to Warnock, of a manager who's who's found the right message for the group of players that he's dealing with. Carvajal is obviously getting something right there. Um, They just look like chalk and cheese from the players that were out there uh, six weeks ago. Um, And... The personnel hasn't changed that much when I you look think, at yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, the only player they brought in really, uh, well, they brought in two who've yeah. made a difference, who's Ayu and Andy King, mm-hmm. who scored yesterday. Yeah. And that was his first game. Yeah. Hadn't realised he'd been sort of, with him being on loan, he'd, he'd been kind of had to sit on the shelf for a while, hadn't yeah. he, with the way the games had organised, been organised. And um, But yeah, they just look like different different team completely. Oh, absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. I thought a big thing with the Swans was getting beaten by Brighton a couple of weeks ago, 4-1. I thought the new manager bounce was over. Mm-hmm. And they struggled a little bit against Sheffield Wednesday, got through and got into the quarterfinal, which, again, I know we haven't yeah. said so far, but what an achievement yeah. that is, yeah. considering the year they've had. And I, I really thought that the new manager bounce was maybe coming to an end. But either West Ham are in disarray or Swans are just playing out of their skin. By the way, we're recording this uh, the weekend that, obviously, it's the Snow Armageddon in the UK. <laughs> So uh, there's not been many fixtures in the lower leagues, especially, uh, I think, well, Swansea were the only Welsh club team played pretty much this weekend. Um, but yeah, what, you know, Andy King scored for them the other day. Yeah. I would like, I like to look, have a word with West Ham, how they've let the lowest scoring team in the division score four past them. Um, equally, everything that Carvajal seems to be doing at the minute seems to be working. Yeah. And... I think they're playing some good football as well. The goals are a little bit scrappy, if I'm perfectly honest. But oh, I mean, you're going to take them at this you, point. You've, you've, got, you, to you know, you've got to score them. You've got to score them. You're not going to turn you turn away from four goals. Exactly. Yeah. I think the only thing that's worth pointing out with the Swans is whilst Cardiff are four points clear of Villa in third place in the Championship, uh, the Swans are thirteenth, which makes it sound like great reading, but they are in fact only three points clear of relegations. And again, it's just ludicrously tight um, at the bottom end of the Premier League so still a lot of work to be done for the Swans and I know that the way the fixtures are coming up 
it is crazy how many teams play one another yeah. in that. You know, again, obviously, I'm a Newcastle fan. We've, I know we've got to play Southampton, West Brom, Huddersfield at home, right. which are three games that are going to decide our year. Yeah. And I know that Swans have got three or four of those type of games as well, which West Ham being one of them, which is something that's going to decide their year. Mm-hmm. So, well done to the Swans. Great win. I'm a little bit worried about Wrexham. Yeah, they seem to have gone backwards a bit, don't they, in yeah. terms of how their season's gone. Slipping in that table a little bit. I mean, it's tight still. Um, yeah. But it, it looks like other other teams are improving a bit, whereas they, are, at best, are stagnating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're sixth in the league, 60 points. Still in the shout of the playoffs. Um, in fact, the 60 points is joint uh, with the team above them, which gets would get them into the playoffs. But they also cannot stop drawing games. Yeah. Um, speaking of teams who also can't get a win... Newport, yeah, the, the wheels seem to have come off their season a little bit after the uh, after the cup run. I feel like, yeah, that, this, I mean, the irony is that after last year, you probably would have settled for a, a stable year yeah, in that division, not in having the pressures of last year, getting a team working, you know, more obviously as a unit, giving Flynn a, a proper, well, obviously a full season yeah. with the team. Um, the irony is it was going so well at the start of the yeah. year that I think they were over at that point they were overachieving. Yeah. Now might actually be where they are actually, yeah. um, and and perhaps it's more of a becomes more of a foundation year for next year. Yeah, I, I, I suppose I hadn't looked at it that way. That looking at the year they had last year, mm-hmm. what they've achieved this year is actually still very yeah. solid, and Flynn is is doing a great job there. Yeah, um, it's just a shame that since the RFA Cup run, which was brilliant. And obviously has a huge impact on the club. They haven't won in five, I think it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's pretty much their season over. Yeah. Um, they won't go up. They won't go down. But again, I suppose a good foundation for them to, to, to plan on for next year. Yeah. Um, so all in all, I think it's very positive for the Welsh clubs. Um, Wrexham, I don't think I pointed out, are only three points off second themselves. Um, so again, still, you could swing you know, either way. Exactly, so, so yeah. I'm confident they've got a good. You know, they have got a good chance of getting in the playoffs. I think they're too far. I think they're eight points off top of the league and automatic promotion. Right. So that's probably a bridge too far. But overall, I think the Welsh club should be very yeah. happy. Very happy. Sorry, with how they're doing at the minute. Um, looking a little bit further away in Welsh football uh, than just the the national leagues, we also have the Welsh league and the C International squad um, for the game at Jenna Park on the 20th of March against England. Squad for that has been released. Mm-hmm. All Welsh Premier League players, yeah. equally all the England squad, are non-league players as well. Um, interesting where a lot of those Welsh players have come from. Yeah, it's obviously predominantly the sort of informed teams um, in the Premiership at the minute, the, the group that are in the... Uh, in the playoff band rather than um, I mean there's a there's a play from Slandino there's a play from yeah. Aberystwyth but um, I mean it makes sense you're going for the inform players in the inform yeah. teams that's what that's what you'd expect but um, you know a good spread a- across the representation which yeah. I think is good to see although there's an emphasis on Barry but that's probably kind of understandable given yeah, if it's I, was, a, I was going to ask you about it do you think yeah. that is just because the game is out I, I think I suspect it's that, that they're actually in a park yeah um, I, it, you know, it might even be as much about pulling a crowd out 
you know, knowing yeah. you're going to have a couple of those local, at least a couple of those local yeah. lights, presumably, even starting at 11. Um, so, you know, that, that doesn't hurt either. Although I, I think for a representative game like this, people are going to, you know, you're going to come out. As well. You're going to come out. No, I agree. Um, but no, it'd be good. I think it's going to be a tough game because England is so much more. That sounds like a pretty established team when yeah. you look at the tournaments that tournaments they've been playing in lately and that sort of thing. So, I think it'd be a really good benchmark for yeah, where our Premiership is in that regard, in that sense. So, I mean, good luck. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think the difficulty is that I think this is our first game in a long, long time. Mm. Well, I know it's our first game in a long, long time, and I and obviously the England players have played regularly together. Right? does worry me a tiny bit I yeah. guess that um, how we may fare against a, 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 an established team yeah. like that but I think it'll be an interesting game it's a good idea yeah, I, think, I think to give those, those players Welsh, uh, Welsh players recognition um, as you say yeah. good luck yeah I think I think that recognition part is important actually because if you were a, a player in the premiership now knowing that there's opportunities for you to play representative football for Wales you know if it's a choice between Staying and you know moving to somewhere just across the board, and yeah. then the staying part, you know, you've got an, another an added attraction. I think I that's think so. important, actually. Moving on from that and international football elsewhere, <laughs> the Wales women are playing in the Cyprus Cup. So far, they've had one one nil win against Finland and one three nil loss against Italy. They're playing their last game against Switzerland tomorrow. Um, I think it's eleven a.m. UK time, a bit too early for us I think, 6am start um, I know we watched the end of the Finland game together where they were kind of hanging on a little bit there to keep their 1-0 win overall I thought they played well in that game defended quite doggedly, used the ball well when they when they needed to and obviously, you know, the way they play they're not going to have a lot of chances in a game but still took the chance that they, they had um, I was a little bit disappointed in the way that the Italy game panned out. And I know Italy, strong team, top in their qualification group, you know, lots of goals in the team. However, I was a little bit concerned in that the team just sat in. Mm -hmm. And I felt like Jane Ludlow was maybe kind of testing out a plan for how to play against England, which are, you know, equally a top level yeah. team uh, in the same sort of sense. And, it, and I felt like it didn't work. Like they're trying to play the channels a lot and there was no one chasing the ball down. At one point, I think it was about a 10-minute spell where everyone, apart from the Italian goalkeeper in the Wales, uh, like th Wales is third of the pitch, every single player, and even then, the Italian players on the ball didn't have a huge amount of pressure on them. Right. They had a lot of time to, to kind of play the ball around, and Wales just could not get out a lot of wasted balls, and I'm not sure if maybe it might make Jane Ludlow think different approach yeah different approach might be required because if they play like that against England I really don't think it's going to go well right. equally England also have got a new manager mm -hmm. in Phil Neville and their first game his first game sorry was against France and they won 4-1 yeah. um, and I think they may even have been 4-0 up at half time so as excited as I am about the game in April I think Jane Ludlow may have to look at her tactics a little bit mm -hmm. there to get the best out of people like Jess Fishlock who's you know, a world class yeah. talented player. Because I felt at the minute she was it was almost a fitness exercise for Jess. Like she was just doing a lot of work and right. and I appreciate she wants to do that for the team, but I'm not but sure. But you've got to use you've got to use her creatively. I think you? so. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was a little bit of a shame I thought the outcome, but I hope if nothing else, the team will learn from that mm -hmm. and will hopefully approach the different game England game differently. 
Otherwise, I feel that could end up in tears. Right. We also had uh, the Wales under 16s have recently played a tournament in Greece. Won two, lost one. Uh, looks like a very good experience for everyone. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the key. I mean, I've been struck actually over the last few weeks just how much representative football is going on, different mm. levels, both sexes, and um, so that's that's really good to see. Whether we're just bed, you know, more aware of things, just with the level of communication we have, but there just seems to be a lot more integration of those competitions. Um, lots of opportunities. Yeah, lots of opportunities. Players moving through, you know, through the layers and the and the and the levels. And and uh, you know, when we were chatting with Josh, he was he was talking a lot about how they, as the under 16s, was 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 still sort of treated as as part of the bigger journey, weren't yeah. they? And it was very it was very clear it was a step on a bigger journey, yeah. and that that they're part of the the part of the system in that sense. And I think um, it's just really good to see that. That that's opp- those sorts of opportunities are happening for so many kids. No, that's true. Um, and I, you know, I think there's a a clear strength there that we have in terms of how we're building building with the younger levels. Yeah. I don't remember a time when Wales had this many kind of international fixtures organised for these sort of teams. Now, maybe it's because of the internet and you don't hear about it so much anymore. But I really feel like there's an emphasis on. The youth development, and you hear about a lot, a lot of it, mm-hmm. like, like the under was it under fifteens girls yeah. played in yeah. Brittany, and I think that's really impressive mm-hmm. to see. Um, Josh started two and came on as a sub in yeah. the other. He's hell of a player, mind <laughs> Very <laughs> quick, very strong. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's just been fun to watch what they've been up to, yeah. isn't it? Is it for a little lad? He's quite competitive, isn't yeah, he? Very, so, very much. Yeah. Is. And I thought yeah. he would look good in the air as well. I had a yeah. decent spring on him and. I enjoy I enjoyed what I enjoyed watching him play. I think it's his turn of speed, I think, mm-hmm. that impresses me most. I don't think I've ever had that turn of speed. <laughs> um but he is uh, he's a great little prospect I think and I'm and I hope we can keep following him yeah. and his journey because I think he's got a lot to offer. Moving back into the senior squad a lot of chat had been going on this weekend uh, about the way Ashley Williams has played. Uh, he got sent off for Everton against Burnley and also could probably fairly convincingly argue that it was his fault for the Burnley uh, winner. Equally, I know that Rambo has taken a lot of flack recently. I will ask you in a minute how fair you think those things are, so I'll give you a bit of time to prepare <laughs> your answer there. I also think it's worth pointing out, however, that Gareth Bale is playing very well, back in the team for Madrid, yeah. scoring goals, playing pretty much full games. Uh, equally, Johnny Williams is getting game time uh, more regularly now for Sunderland. He scored recently. And I don't know how much you've seen of Stoke. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been keeping a firm eye out for them because of the, the relegation yeah. battle. And Joe Allen is playing out of his skin. Yeah. Um, the game against Leicester a couple of weeks ago, or last week even, he basically set up the first goal by chasing someone down, mm-hmm. tackling them, stripping the ball off them, and playing the ball into Shakiri, who admittedly did do the, the hard work and put, you know, put a worldie into the back of the net. But he is just unbelievable. His work rate and everything is incredible. And I hope that if Stoke goes down, he goes somewhere yeah. good. He 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 deserves that good move, yeah. doesn't he? I know. Ask um, you the question you asked me in the car on the way here, yeah, yeah. because otherwise I'll just say Newcastle. <laughs> Where do you think would be a good place for him to go? Ooh, I think I wouldn't want him actually to go want to one of the top top teams because I 
I don't. I think he might fall into the situation that we have with Aaron Ramsey, which yeah. is being underappreciated and underused. Also, with had that with Liverpool, and I exactly. think was in that position. Yeah, and anyway. it didn't work. So I think then you're looking at that kind of next tier of um, the, the sort of you know. Newcastle. New, well, I'm not sure. I put, I'm not sure. I put them in the next tier. I mean, maybe Everton. I wouldn't want them to be managed by Sam Allardyce. No, I can understand that as well. Um, I just, I just think it's important he's in the Premiership. I'd be, Absolutely. I'd be less concerned about the actual team. Yeah, the location. I think. Yeah, I'm also yeah. fairly. I can confident. see. I mean, I can see your argument for Newcastle. I think he's the sort of player that would thrive in that. I'm getting excited. Slightly about it now. in that sort of. Roll your sleeves up, yeah. kind of atmosphere that yeah. you have at St James's, and, and he'd be he'd be loved there. Oh, I would hope. Adored. I think I think that yeah. would. So, from a sort of personality point of view, that actually might be a really good place for him. Well, I have it under good authority that Rafa Benitez does listen to this podcast, <laughs> so I, I think he'll uh, he'll be straight on the phone to Joe. Um, I mean, maybe Swansea. I could see that, you know, yeah. if, he, if if they stayed up. Yeah. I do think, I said to you, Everton, when we were in the car, mm. and I do think, other than the fact that Samuel Lewis is a horrendous manager, that, that that could be a decent move for him. I also think that, I know you said you didn't want him to go to any of the big clubs, any of the top six, but I do think Arsenal would be a good fit for him in the way they play football, and he could be that sort of combative player that they've needed for a while. I think I think things, and this will link into talking about Ramsey, but I think things are just too unsettled at yeah. Arsenal at the minute. I think you're going into a very much an unknown situation. I think if you can avoid that as a player, I can I can see the pluses in that. Yeah, I think. I suppose a lot of it depends on Wenger and how mm-hmm. long he stays, blah blah blah, and also if Stoke even go down. Yeah. Um, but I do hope that he gets a chance at a at a better club than Stoke. And I, no disrespect to Stoke, I do just think, oh, hello. I do think he's better than that, and and I don't think they get the best out of him at Stoke. They've they've made him a bit of a a workhorse and a bit of a I wouldn't say thug, but a bit of a you know, bit of, of, of an ugly player in a way, which he, he just we know from Wales he isn't. Looking at. Rambo mm-hmm. and Ashley Williams. I'll start with Ashley Williams. Sorry, the dog is. I'm left. I'm trying to sit on me. Um, I'll start with Ashley Williams. Do you think the Flacky's getting fed? Do you think he is on his way out? I mean, you look at like just take yesterday's game as an example. I mean, he's not playing well at the minute. You can't no. pretend he's playing well no. at the minute. Um, now, whether there's something about the dynamic at Everton that's not. You know, working for him, uh, but he—he's—he's—he needs to move from there. Um, I think in the summer, because I think at the minute the sort of vitriol that's being fired at him, there's there's a spiraling going on at the minute, yeah. isn't there? In terms of his performances versus how he's being being treated by the manager and the fans. Um, I mean, Allardyce was perhaps not as blunt as to say it was his fault at the weekend, but he always said yeah. it was it was his fault. So I think... But then Allardyce can't have it both ways. He can't have a battling back four and then... Blame it on them. Blame it on them when, when they overstep yeah. either, you know? So Don't get me started on Allardyce. He is a prof- he's made a, a living out of, when everything is going well, claiming credit himself. Mm. And when it isn't going well blaming the players he's made a living out of that um, and again I think Ash has in some sense has been a bit hard done by mm-hmm. because that is the way Allardyce is 
However, I will say that I thought the way he treated the last 10 minutes of the game on the weekend, on this weekend against Burnley, was absolutely scandalous. To concede the goal he did. Yeah. And he knew that he knows Wood is there. And he looks at him even at one point, still doesn't deal with him. I thought it was awful. And then sending off straight red, stupid yeah. frustration. He's, you know, he's old enough to know better yeah. than that. I mean, I think that's in, the sending off is indicative of his level of frustration, isn't yeah. it? And I think if things, I mean, obviously things would have to change at Everton for that, for that frustration to dissipate. Um, and I think, but in a strange way, you see, that's where some time with Wales, you know, be, yeah, being back away. in that, that what is, well, we say comfortable and familiar, we'll come on to that, yeah. but something that feels like a safe place yeah. where his play is appreciated. Maybe that, maybe that two-week we'll China him. trip will actually help him. Maybe he can come back from that sort of freshened up uh, for what's ahead for Everton. I do... I've said this before, and I and I and I stand by. We as Wales need to find a succession plan, because whichever way you want to dress it up, whoever you want to point the finger at, he's not the same player as he no. was in the Euros. No. And even then, in the build-up to that, and you know, in the England game, for example, didn't have a great day. No. Um, and I think the you started to slip. And I feel like if we don't plan for his succession now. We're, we could be in trouble. I was talking to someone on the weekend, and when you actually look about what we're capable of producing going forward in, in the in the future as well, with Brooks on one mm. side, maybe um, uh, Brooks in the middle, sorry, Bale on one side, Woodburn on the left, Ampadu, Ramsey, Allen in midfield, yeah. and then not an, quite an, sure an what you're back Ashley, to exactly, is. Yeah. Agent yeah. Ashley Williams, um, James Chester, who I appreciate is having a good year there, left back. We're very we're, lucky. We're okay with our left we're, back. We're, we're, with with with, uh, with Ben Davis, but equally, like Chris Gunter is not exactly having a stellar year. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, middle of the league in the championship. You know, as much as we all love Chris Gunter, I think you know there's there's scope for improvement. So, I think we need to have someone who's going to be the kind yeah. of bedrock that Ash was. And for me, at the minute, I don't think he is. And I would be, I'd be more than happy as I you know keep banging on about to see Paul mm-hmm. Dummett given a game and. And I think that there's there's real there's real scope for us at the minute to kind of to do something in the long gap we've got between yeah. qualifiers starting up again. And I think we'd be daft if we don't do that. And I I'm worried. Yeah, that I think that's the, that. that's the main reason we need to look at something is the timeline. Yeah. actually, isn't it? It's we've got we. I mean, you you refer to it as a succession plan, but we need something to because he's. We definitely can't assume he's gonna. Well, he shouldn't be in the position of being our central defender for the World Cup qualifying, yeah. definitely. Um, so we've got a year or so in which we should be looking at what that but means. Alternatives, yeah. if nothing else. The last thing I'll say about Ash is that um, there's a certain type of defender who have only got like a specific shelf life in them. And someone like, you know, sticking with the Wales team, Danny Gabadon, his pace and his reading of the game was his biggest asset. When his pace starts to go, at least he's still got the reading of the game yeah. to fall back on. Um, you know, James Collins has made a career out of just dominating the ball in the air. Ash is kind of a good footballer. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he is quite good in the air, but he's not as big as someone like Collins. Um, he's never been the fastest, but uh, there's a there's certain type of player like that. I'd say Phil Jagielka for, for England is another one who all of a sudden, 
they just slightly, they just kind of seem to yeah. hit a wall, and that type of defender, all of a sudden, it just it's not working. It's not working anymore. There's no way back. There's no one thing you're doing right or wrong. It just Father Time has caught up with you, and all of a sudden the world's coming from. And I worry that that is happening for Ash. He is that type of combative, all-action sort of defender, and I do worry that that's the point we're in with him at the minute. I mean, we'll, sh- we'll return to this when we talk about the China Cup, but I'm I'm worried about a stability as well in the short term. Yeah. Um, in that I think there is potential to be enough turnover in other roles, which we'll, we'll discuss, yeah. that... I'm not sure I want to see a turnover in the captaincy either. So there's a there's I've got I'm a little ambivalent there. Um in the very short I'm only talking yeah. the very short. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll go with that. Um Rambo. The, there was an interesting article I was reading probably yesterday I think where they seem to reinforce this idea that um he he might be looking to see out his contract. Uh, so he's got what fifteen months or so to run on his contract, and and does he just want to, you know, see what happens come next summer? Yeah. But then there was also talk that Arsenal were looking to sell him this summer, you know, obviously when they can still gain some income from yeah. that. But I, I think that just reinforces the fact that from both from both sides there seems to be an acceptance that it's time Time's to time. move. Yeah, I agree. I think. I just don't think he's ever been appreciated there. I don't think he's ever been used right. No. I don't think he's been utilised. I just think it's it's just been wrong, yeah. hasn't it? I think it's a uh, bad fit for him. Yeah. It's odd. I remember when he it came to him making a decision, because he could have gone to Man United either mm. at the time, I thought he'd made the right decision. Yeah. And to an extent, I think he probably has. Yeah. Because I think he would have got, he's got more out of his career at Arsenal mm-hmm. than he possibly would have got at Man United. Equally, Arsenal fans have never really appreciated no. him, like you say. I don't think, and again, as you say, he's never really been used in the mm-hmm. correct position. So I do kind of feel like there's a bit of a shame for him. And I think that, with all of those things said, it is definitely time mm-hmm. for him to move on. And I think he's definitely good enough to play at a big club. Mm-hmm. I think probably going to get sold this summer. And I would imagine that perhaps if Wenger goes this summer as well, maybe that would be the thing that... Yeah kind of hastens it all and there is a big turnover in numbers and, and style of play and everything because um, there's a few Arsenal players in the same position with contracts up summer of 19, 19 isn't there so they might well be looking to unload a few of them this summer yeah. while they can get some get some return absolutely yeah. I suppose they don't want the same circumstance that they had um, with Alexis mm-hmm. where I, admittedly they got Mkhitaryan but you know I'd I don't sure that's the fairest of swaps. Um, and I think they don't want that to happen again, so we're kind of hedging their bets. I do think Rambo could go and play for... I don't think he'd play for Man City, but I think he could play for Man United. I may Probably not Liverpool, but I think he could probably do a job for someone like Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I think he could do a job for... Again, probably not Spurs, just because Deli Alley plays in the position he wants to. But there's no one else in the Premier League who would turn their nose up at yeah. uh, Rambo. And equally, like we said, I, I think he could go abroad. I'm not sure he wants to, but I think he, I think that might be the better move for him. Equally, I don't know, you say he doesn't want to, but I'm, I'm sure he could look at Gareth Bale and yeah. say, look what's happened to his career. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, I know he's playing for Madrid. I'm not sure Rambo could. But, you know, what has he won? Three Champions Leagues? Two Champions Leagues? Mm, three. He's become one of the best players in the world. I think it would be daft of Rambo if, if something like that comes calling for him to turn his nose up. Again, I'm not saying he would. he's good enough to go to a Madrid or a Barca, but 
I think the opportunity could mm-hmm. be there for him to go abroad, and I think that would the way that football is played abroad, especially, I think would really suit yeah. him. Yeah, I think that would be the plus point for him. Or he could make the dream the dream move to Newcastle and have him and Joe <laughs> Allen again, Rafa. If you're listening, um, make it happen. I don't think. I think the biggest thing I think with him is the way he's being treated is unfair. It's 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 wrong. It's just wrong. Gary Neville, for example, after the Manchester City games. In, the whole team needed laying into, yeah. but he singled out Ramsey when there wasn't a single Arsenal player on that pitch that seemed to be pulling their no. weight. And at that point, it's actually not about the players. When you get to that point, yeah. it's, it's a systemic and systematic problem at yeah. that point, and the, and the issue is elsewhere. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I think to single out someone, that was just wrong. I agree. Yeah. And considering as well how good Ramsey has been and what he's given to Arsenal, mm. scored important goals in in the league and cup. Um, I think you know a lot of people have very short memories, yeah. and I think he is. Aside from Bale, obviously, I think he's our most important player. Yeah, clearly, and I really want him to be playing a f- football at a good level where he's playing every week, but also at a club where he's appreciated. Yeah. Um, because I think he's what he's one of our biggest assets, as we all know. He is such a big asset, this is a seamless link, that <laughs> reportedly for him and Gareth Bale to play in the China Cup, we are going to get an extra 150 grand, 50 for Rambo and 100 grand for Bale. And if they don't go, we obviously don't get our money, it's a big loss. So that says to me we are probably going to take a, a good, strong squad to China. The squad gets announced on 15th the 15th. March. There you go, you see, this is why you do the research. Um... I'm sort of really looking forward to it, and as things are at the minute, a little bit scared about what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm not bothered about us playing China. I think we, you know, come what may, if we don't beat China, we've got bigger problems. Whoever plays, but I feel like we're going into this in a kind of a messy way. I mean, I don't know about you, but what did you say? The fifteenth is yeah. The... So the announcement for the squad is on the fifteenth, and the first game is on the twenty-second. It's just it's tight, particularly given the the journey and the organisation that must go into it. But I think also the fact that 15, 16 players that know all things being equal, they're going. Yeah. But there's another half a dozen that don't. I mean, logic and suggests that... to me that they have those players will actually already know. I would hope so. And they just haven't made the announcement because if people pull out and whatever yeah. else, um, and equally if all this money is being changed mm-hmm. hands... They want to have every chance they can to get that money and want to yeah. give someone. I mean, maybe that's why the squad is so like relatively. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure just, decisions are, and you know, yeah. the wheels are are in motion. Yeah. I'm just a bit surprised personally that it is only a week before the tournament for that decision to be kind of announced and made. Um, it is not the only confusing thing going on uh, ahead of this. It has taken a long time for Oshan Roberts to be confirmed as the number two. I'm absolutely delighted that he has been named as number two. Intrigued as to why it has taken so long. Yeah, well, I think I'm not sure that he is who Ryan Giggs wanted. That's very true. So part of me wonders whether he just went through his list of desirable number twos 
and it was clear that perhaps those weren't going to work out. Yeah, there was talk of like Scholes and Nicky yeah. Butt. I would I would have gone for Nicky Butt in a way because at least he's coaching and he's mm-hmm. coaching at Man United. Like that's a good education yeah. for him. I, I could have gone with that. You know, wouldn't have been my number one no. choice, obviously. But yeah. and I wonder whether then equally, I mean, I think you tweeted out whether Oshin needed some time to think about it, and I think yeah. that's a legitimate question as well. I can understand him, you know, wanting to get to know gigs as a coach yeah. <laughs> um, and seeing if that's a partnership that he feels he could yeah. be, you know, be a good number two for this new coach as well. So maybe, maybe he needed it was a time bit... himself yeah. after not getting the main man job exactly. to decide if he still wanted yeah. to continue with yeah. the role he was in. Yeah. So I think it might be a bit of both, but the fact that it took gigs that long for the decision to be public at least yeah. suggests that Oshin isn't who we wanted initially, at least initially. Yeah. Maybe they've built a relationship. Maybe, you know, as Giggs has got more into the role, he's understood the value of what yeah. he'd get from Oshin. So perhaps that's grown. Um, but it feels like the only good news in the backroom team, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. the, the instability there, the people that have left, you know, we keep going back to together stronger and it, that, should be everything we are that you know that has meaning to us yeah. as an expression and it feels like the together bit is like evaporating rather quickly it makes me wonder why additionally that Coleman left really in that he seemed to be leaving amid a bit of confusion about you know Ian Mitchell for example mm-hmm. being given a long term the, role and yeah, a permanent full-time, role. full-time contract. Um, yeah. And, you know, maybe that was part of it. And maybe as part of Coleman going, there was a lot of disillusionment mm-hmm. with those others, with what the FAW were trying to do. Yeah. And it's not necessarily gigs coming in that's caused mm-hmm. the problem. Can we just have a quick word for Chris Coleman while we're here? Yeah, okay, let's do that while we're here. Um, oh, dear. <laughs> I just want to give him a cutch because this is like, he deserves so much better than what's going on at Sunderland. I mean, part of me is obviously deliriously happy. <laughs> but obviously, because it's Coleman, I'm devastated. I just I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm not sure if he might be looking at his lot here. And, you know, you said earlier, you're right, you look at his bank balance with a smile <laughs> on his face. I'm not sure he might be looking at his lot and thinking, this this could legitimately be my last job in football. Mm-hmm. Genuine. Yeah, it could be. It could and, be. I, and I hope that he's had assurances that he's going to get that job. Going for forward. a long time yeah. and uh, uh, you know in the summer be able to clear out and basically start again and have some money to support him and everything else but bloody hell and there was a, there was a comment in the podcast that Oshan Roberts did with Beth Fisher probably might be a month ago now yeah. which made it it kind of made it sound like Coleman wanted to stay yeah. but the circumstance arrangements you know whatever just didn't come together and I think I'd always be more comfortable with the fact that he'd gone to Sunderland on feeling that, well, if he if that was the job that he took, it had to be on the basis that he didn't want to stay with FA Wales. Yeah. You know, it had to have been on, you know, yes, I want to get back into club day-to-day management. Um, and that, But Oshan's comment there made, certainly seemed like he wanted to stay, which it comes back to... Well, what was it that wasn't delivered? Yeah. What was it that the FA Wales couldn't agree with Coleman? And maybe it was money. Maybe it just was straight up yeah. wages. But I think you keep coming back to Ian Mitchell and um, 
Rylan Morgan's positions and the fact that they've been part-time and Coleman was obviously pushing for them to be full-time. Mitchell's not now gone to a full-time post with the English FA. I mean, it does feel like that might have been the background issue. Yeah, that and, and that has persisted in spite of the it, fact we have a new manager. Yeah. Perhaps that was always... a like you say, perhaps those were always the issues and Giggs has stepped into that yeah. as opposed to perhaps Giggs being the cause of those. I get the feeling that I get the feeling that Ian Mitchell was, was looking for a permanent something. If it, if it was part-time with Wales, full-time with England, that was his choice. But I get the feeling that Ryland Morgans didn't want to go. No. Uh, reading between the lines with his statements, even how he reacted to one to one of our yeah, tweets. Yeah, he's liked some of our yeah. controversial tweets. Yeah, um, makes me think that he didn't want to go. So yeah. that part, I'm starting to think that Mitchell might have been. It was full time with Wales, or it, he wasn't staying. Yeah. Whereas Morgan, I kind of feel got pushed because Giggs mm. thought he was bringing in the. The director guy from, Man United, from Manchester. Whose name is Tony Strudwick. He is their performance director. He was approached, as I understand it, on a part-time basis. Yeah. He was still going to hold his role with yeah. Manchester United, but Man United said no. no. And I get the feeling Giggs thought that would be an easy thing to get, yeah. an easy yes. And so Morgan's was pushed before actually they'd established yeah. with Man U whether that was... So I think there might be two different things going on. I think there might be Mitchell looking for a full-time job, and if it wasn't with FA Wales, he was going to go somewhere yeah. else. Um, but I get the feeling that Morgan's was pushed. And both of those... What, ahead of certain... You know, ahead of appointing someone else, in theory. Yeah, yeah. Um, and whether that's... I mean, Ryan Morgan, sorry, works for, F, um, for uh, Everton mm-hmm. as well. So... Yeah, his role has also ever, has only ever been part time yeah. with Wales. So I, I, I think maybe he's thought to himself, mm-hmm. "I can't be asked for this. Mm-hmm. I don't need this hassle. You know, they're messing me around. And yeah, I'm all right. Thanks. Yeah. I've still got a job elsewhere, and you'll stick with Everton." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it, the whole thing's messy. It, keeps, no, messy it, it keeps coming back to what we were discussing in the last podcast. This, this concern I've always had about gigs of there not being a plan. Yeah. Um, and I think, and previously that was manifesting in him not seeming to have a plan towards being a manager. And this just, just, this just seems more evidence of that. Now, it, we might be being unfair. It might be more of an FA Wales yeah. issue than it is a gigs issue. And it may come out more in the future. Exactly. Um, and it's a concern that it's people on, you know, on the medical side. Obviously, Mitchell is a psychologist, but on that side of things, they're not direct coaching staff yeah. that we're talking about here. We're talking about the, the ancillary support team. And I think one of the things that we've built very well over the last few years is the relationship with the clubs and the fact that they've got huge confidence in the team that they are sending their players to interact with at at FAW. The medical team, the psychologists, the support staff. I mean, to the point where back in the autumn, it was probably the Welsh team that found the background issue with Bale's injuries and Madrid had sort of been treating something at one level and actually there was a deeper issue so I think there's a there's now a really nicely established trust between the teams and the FAW which means that 
Bale can be sent across on a plane from Madrid when he's not 100% yeah. fit and they know that we're not going to put him on the field yeah. at 60% and you know we're not going to push it we're going to treat the players appropriately and we're not going to blindly prioritize the international games yeah. over what's happening in their in their wider footballing careers um, and I'm really worried that we might be breaking that I mean if I was a, a medic sitting in Madrid right now and I thought that Bale had to get on an aeroplane for whatever it is 15 hours to yeah. get to China to play with a support a, a medical support team that I don't know I'd be giving the FAW the hundred thousand pounds <laughs> and say don't take him yeah. you know so that's that that's the bit I'm most concerned with I think we could we could be losing that confidence that the clubs have in our medical yeah. support and then we're going to find it harder to get the bales Ramsey, and the Ramseys yeah, yeah, of the yeah, world yeah. to come to come to the squads I mean you've done as always some research that I haven't um, and there's a lot of the coaching staff the actual coaching staff who are staying yeah looking at the there's no talk at the minute about the fitness coach for example Adam Owen at the minute he he would probably be my candidate to be um, promoted into Ryland Morgan's old role he's coaching at Gdansk there was even some talk about him for the manager's job at one point so he's he's leading there but he's you know he's a doctor of sports science he's been the Wales fitness coach so at least the clubs must have some sort of relationship with yeah. him and the players clearly have a relationship with him um, and I think at this point maybe that's the route we should go is yeah. keep that connection with both the players and the clubs by promoting him whether he's interested God knows whether yeah. you know he seems the obvious I mean, talking about succession plans, he might be the obvious next move. The other name I would put into there, and I know this this could be seen as a bit pie in the sky, but with all this stuff that's going on and people leaving and, as you say, possibly promoted, whatever else, would it not be a good idea to, talking about succession plans, get Craig Bellamy involved? He's just gone for his first manager's interview Mm -hmm. after hours at uh, Oxford United. Didn't work out Mm -hmm. in the end. Um, They couldn't agree terms, I think, but... Would it not be worth, if he's going to stay in his role in Cardiff City, getting some extra coaching with the senior team? And mm-hmm. again, talking about succession plan, embedding someone in part of the system and getting the players used to someone like him. Yeah, because I, think, I, I do see him as a future manager. I think there might be more of a role, you know, as a under-19s or under-21s or something like that for him. Yeah. I don't know. I think I kind of get the feeling Giggs might have to embed himself a bit more before he'd have the confidence of having two of the three Threats, people that yeah. he interviewed against in part of his coaching team. But I, I do think we should be getting Bellamy involved. I mean, he's doing under-16s with Cardiff, yeah. isn't he? I mean, Oshan's always done the under-16s, but, you know, whether Oshan might feel that that's a good opportunity to yeah. bring him in with that Get age group. The Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's definitely something like that that needs to happen mm-hmm. for people like Bellamy and younger coaches yeah. who, are, who are coming through. Um, and also embed them in a way that we do with the players where... They don't want to go, and yeah. you know the people like Ampadu who could have gone and played for England or Brooks and whatever else, who seem to have decided mm-hmm. on Wales. We need to do the same thing for our coaches yeah. so that they feel a, a strong bond with Wales, and it's not just a job; it's about money, yeah. uh, not just about money and a job. Sorry, yeah. it's about being part of something. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the sadness of losing Ian Mitchell, isn't it? You've got someone who's captain Wales schoolboys, lives and works with Cardiff Met, and yeah. yet 
feels that he's better off being with the yeah. English FA because it's a full time job. And, and I we get shouldn't. That. I can understand his reason, yeah. but we shouldn't get to that position. No. Yeah, I, I think I think you made the point recently. I bloody hope we don't draw England in a qualifier soon because those two games are a write off with with him travelling straight across with all the information he would have about <laughs> us. Yeah, I, I think moving this back to the China Cup, I think there's a lot of things to be looking forward to, and I hope that there's players there who get good game time, mm-hmm. and we do see more of Brooks and Purdue. Well, I know Brooks has been injured recently, but Ampadu, Woodburn, and maybe someone like Chris Maxwell in goal. But equally, I think this is a massive couple of games all of a sudden for Giggs. Not that it wasn't important anyway, but with the people who seem like it's who are leaving him, mm-hmm. he really needs to yeah. win these games. Yeah. Really, I think. And take I a think lot of pressure also, I mean, much as I, much as I want the game in California, Pasadena against Mexico to be a proper game, I think, particularly given it's the only game we're playing in that window, and they've said that. And the Mexicans are going to be combative as hell. They're pushing. They're pushing for this world places yeah, for the World, world Cup. Cup yeah. You know, we we really don't or won't be able to put out our first eleven. Yeah. I kind of feel that we shouldn't almost. Yeah. You know, I'm confident Giggs and Giggs and Rambo for ex- uh, Rambo and Bale. Sorry, aren't going to make that trip. Yeah. And so on that basis, what's happening in China becomes all the more important, doesn't it? Those yeah. two games, because you, I think we've got to assume that the California games are, are friendly in the like the old-fashioned yeah, sense. A bit of a jolly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so to be clear, we haven't mentioned this before, actually. Um, obviously, uh, Wales have organised a friendly in Pasadena, California, against Mexico on the 28th of May. I can't go. <laughs> I'm devastated. My mum's going to be here. Not that I'm devastated that my mum's here. <laughs> She's not going to listen to this. Um, but uh, you're going to go? Hoping to, yeah. we got to get everything, all the, you know, everything lined up. But yeah, all, be, all things being the dog, equal. The dog didn't seem very happy with that. All things being but... equal, that's the plan. Yeah. I'm very jealous. It's an exciting time. There is a lot of stuff coming up. But I, I think all of a sudden these games are becoming more and more important by the minute for gigs. And I think it's important that we stick with our Together Stronger. You've said that. It does actually mean something to us. It's not just a, an empty phrase. And for me, I think Giggs is going to get my unequivocal support, good, bad or indifferent, when we play in China. However, I know there are a lot of people who aren't going to share my support. I think they'll support the team on the day or whatever, but almost want things to go wrong for him. And I think all this stuff going on around him with the coaching staff and the the performance director and everything else leaving him not being perhaps from their perspective someone that they want to stay and work for I don't know I think he really needs these games to go well and take a lot of pressure off himself and I'd like to think we could beat China Mm -hmm. come what may I think we should beat China and then obviously we could end up we don't know what the other squads are um, for the Czech Republic or or the Uruguayans but I'd like to think would give them a good game. Well, presumably, if we've had some clauses about the quality of the squad that we're sending, presumably they've had something yeah, similar. You'd like to think Suarez, etc. Yeah, exactly. Would be, you know, they're paying £100,000 for the same clause. Yeah. Uh, so on that basis, hopefully, it's good quality squads. I hope so. And I think it'll be, it makes for an exciting couple of weeks mm-hmm. ahead of, you know, further games, as you say, in May. And then the, the Nations Cup. I don't think we're going to play again then. No, we won't play until the Nations League. Yeah, I've heard there's rumours of a, a game against against the Ukraine. Whether that comes to pass yeah, or not, I'm I don't quite know. sure then that would be then. Unless we're put, unless we're slotting in a friendly as, around the the Nations League, then because obviously two of you those spare two of those weekends we only play one game. Yeah, 
Yeah. That hasn't been announced yet. That is just before people start booking their flights to, <laughs> to Kharkiv. But that does seem to be something in the pipeline. I feel like Giggs does want as many games as he can mm-hmm. um, to kind of put a stamp on the on the team ahead of the European mm-hmm. qualifiers. And I hope, like I say, I hope that he does get everyone's support and I hope they do go well for him because I think the Euros are very important for us and I think these are a great chance for us to get to another tournament yeah. because of the teams, the team we've got at the minute and the players we have. I really hope we just don't mess this up. Mm-hmm. I suppose we've just got to look at this, as you say, as a fun opportunity to have a couple of games and get the team back together again and enjoy watching Wales play. And hopefully Ryan Giggs is going to prove a lot of people wrong. And I hope that we go up there and win a China Cup. <laughs> I would love that to be the trophy. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we hope you have enjoyed our, our ramblings. Thanks for listening. Again, thank you very much for listening. Since we recorded that, a few things have changed which we wanted to make note of before this podcast was released. First of all, the Wales women did go on and play Switzerland in their last group game uh, in which they got a creditable draw and then went on to play Austria in the seventh-placed game. Uh, they drew 1-1 in normal time. The game went straight to penalties. And despite being 2-1 up uh, on the penalty shootout, they did unfortunately go on to lose that game. Um, since we also commented in the podcast on the China Cup, the Uruguay squad for that tournament has been announced and does include Edison Cavani and Luis Suarez, which should make the tournament very interesting and hopefully is a good sign that Bale, Ramsey, etc. are going to go and play for Wales. Finally, and speaking of the China Cup, uh, we wanted to make reference to the international Wales fanzine. Um, it's been very successful and very popular since it started and Darren's doing a great job of building it up. If you want to go and subscribe to the International Wales fanzine, I very much advise it, especially if you have a long journey to China to deal with. As part of that fanzine, both I and Ruth have written blogs for that, and you can see an extended version of the article Ruth has written on our blog in the coming weeks. Again, thank you very much for listening, and goodbye. Please keep in touch with us. Send us questions, comments funny stories about Welsh footballers uh, we have several ways that you can be in touch uh, they are Coleman had a dream at outlook.com on Twitter at Coleman's underscore dream or Facebook which is Facebook forward slash Coleman had a dream please also keep an eye on our blog for regular updates blogs comments and that is Coleman's dream dot wordpress dot com thank you very much for listening